The Movie Hour, Episode 59, November 6, 2009. Warning, the following may contain movie plot spoilers and swearing. Welcome, one and all, to Dolph Lundgren's Macho Movie Hour. This, of course, is Jeff, uh, not Greg, hosting the show. Uh, Greg is very late today, but I am joined by Jim Maloney, who is on time. Yeah, I don't know what the heck Greg is doing. He's usually here by now, so we have no choice but to go on without him. The show must go on. Yeah, I guess, you know, anybody out there that knows where Greg might be, call, shoot an email, let us know, and we will... uh, Hopefully, uh, hopefully find him by the end of the show. But like you said, the show must go on. It's getting late, uh, so I guess uh, I don't know. This is pretty easy. What Greg does here. So to start, <laughs> let's start out with some Hollywood news, right? Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the box office? Let's talk about the box office. Yeah, it looks like uh, Michael Jackson movie came out number one. Not sure how I feel about that. It seems like people just cashing in on his memory. Yeah, literally, I mean, he's been dead, what, three months, give or take, maybe a little bit more. Uh, this is a movie that was was planned, produced, and, and released within those three months. I mean, talk about just cobbling something together. And I'm not going to speak to the quality of the movie, because I, you know, I haven't seen it. And God knows we don't judge movies that we haven't seen here at the movie hour. But... It can't be that good. I mean, yeah. it, it literally just just cashing in on the, on the poor poor you dead know, man. They, they got it out just in time for Halloween. Maybe they were, you know, that was part of the marketing. Just like, oh, it's a dead guy, and Michael <laughs> Jackson's pretty scary to begin with, you know. And he can dance like a zombie. It all fits. I changed my mind. It makes perfect sense. That's apparently Michael Jackson had mentioned uh, to some of his friends that he was hoping to make a full-length thriller movie. I don't really see what's stopping him now, frankly. I mean, that just about he's in perfect position for it now. That's yeah. That's that's my opinion on the matter. In other Hollywood news, movie hour favorite, forty-year-old um, Edward Norton completed his first marathon, the New York Marathon, in three hours and 48 minutes. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, marathon runners or familiar with the marathon, it is, it's a really, really impressive time. Uh, I know that I couldn't do that, nor could I have probably you know, acted in Fight Club. So Ed Norton won Jeff Hendrickson zero. Yeah, I don't think I could walk 26 miles, so... Kudos to him. The thing that surprises me about the story is he's he raised three hundred grand for some Maasai wilderness conservation because of the Maasai tribe lives there. Can't you like buy him like houses or something instead of preserving the grassland? I mean, <laughs> should they have more like you know better goals for this? Yeah, for three hundred grand, you could probably fly him all out to California and have him live with him. But yeah, buy him a campground or something. They'll be right at home. <laughs> I mean, I know he's been a lot more green ever since being the Incredible Hulk, but, you know, that's a little over the top. <laughs> that's a fucking terrible pun, Jim. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's what I bring man. to the table. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, moving on. Uh, additionally, in our, our little Hollywood rundown here, one that's of particular interest to me, Wes Anderson, in an interview, said that he would like uh, to, at some point film a movie in space and not just like a science fiction movie but actually like film on location in space and i think that's kind of interesting because it's not completely unrealistic to think that it might happen um you know already they're talking about uh commercial 
flights to space that it's a possibility in the very near future uh, to, to see the Earth. Like, why not? The, the budgets for these movies are ridiculous. It's not that crazy to think uh, that, that a film might be uh, made in space at some point in the next decade. Uh, and, you know, God bless Wes Anderson for wanting to do it. Thoughts? It, it sounds like a huge endeavor for him. I mean... He's huge into his, you know, production value and cool sets and that kind of stuff. Seems like he'd have to get a lot of stuff in space unless he's planning on just doing, you know, a couple scenes there and, you know, coming back. That's, that's a very good point. See, I thought of it, like, from the other <laughs> angle. Like, he's big on production value, so this would be perfect for him. But, yeah, actually, like, hauling all that shit up into space would be pretty difficult. Yeah. That's a very good point. Huh. All right, yeah. So, um... Very yeah, good. You could probably do a sequel to like Bottle Rocket and call it like Mercury Rocket though. <laughs> the, the, the plot so uh, you can three bumbling friends trying to pull a heist on like Sputnik or something. It's, it's true, yeah. <laughs> Just up in space trying to steal a satellite. I like it. Yeah. Um Another thing that I found relatively interesting, uh, The Life of Muhammad is going to be made, apparently, and this is very, very early in the production cycle here, but uh, very early, um, but Life of Muhammad, the Prophet, is going to be filmed, but uh, in accordance with uh, Muslim law, he and his immediate family will never be depicted uh, in the film, so sort of uh, a little different from like The Passion of the Christ, where, you know... He's in, like, every shot, getting beaten up. Um, you're not even going to see the guy that the movie's about, and I think that's sort of fascinating. Yeah, I don't know how they're planning on pulling that off. I mean, they're just going to have people sitting around talking about him or something. Like, oh, did you hear what Muhammad said today? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Muhammad's dreamy, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm imagining, yeah. I don't uh, really see the logistics of that. And, you know, we can't just, you know, we don't have enough turmoil dealing with the Middle East now. We have to make, you know, more religious films and insult more people by getting it wrong and stuff like that. So, okay. yeah, this this sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, th- this just, just for... isn't going to be uh, a winner, I don't think. I guess the guy um, the guy producing it's a pretty big, uh, pretty big guy in the Muslim community. I, I've never heard of him, but, um, you know... Uh, or I'm sorry, that's that's actually not true. They they've hired the the Muslim uh, cleric uh, Sheikh Youssef Al Quradawi as their lead theological consultant for the film. And apparently, and isn't he's that very, the guy that uh, was banned from entering England? Yeah, yeah, he's not allowed in England. This guy, um, because he's like uh, he he's not a Holocaust denier. He's a Holocaust advocate, uh, which yeah. is which is an interesting uh, position to take. I think. Yeah, uh, by interesting, right you mean there. wrong and bad. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see uh, how, how this how this all comes together. We'll keep you updated on it, assuming we don't have any legal issues our, ourselves. Um, yeah. So, uh, Jim, did you see any good movies last week? Um, actually, I did. I did my job. You um, saw a good I movie, up... or you just saw a movie? Actually, I like this movie. I all liked right. it a lot. Uh, yeah, I ended up seeing a movie called Sunshine Cleaning. Uh, it came out in March of 2009. It was a submittal to Sundance back in 2008, though, so it's kind of been on my radar. Um, it's about a single mom named Rose, played by Amy Adams. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, yeah, I like Amy she has Adams a, as well. Yeah, she, she's good. Good stuff. Uh, she has like a seven or eight year old son who's going to public school. He's kind of have some, having some social issues with the kids and stuff. He, he's not like a violent kid or having any you know trouble, but just kind of not adapting well. So she wants to get him into private school, but it costs a lot more money, and she can't afford it because she just has a job where she goes home-to-home home cleaning houses, be, you know, doing the maid service thing. Um, 
she's currently having an affair with a married cop named Steve Zahn, also her, her uh, high school sweetheart. Um, and he ends up telling her about this crime scene cleaning up company that makes a lot of money at you know ever you know all the jobs that he gets assigned to. So he recommends the job to her, and she looks into it and decides to try it out. Uh, she enlists her kind of deadbeat sister who can't hold a job, um, played by Emily Blunt, kind of a up and comer. And the rest of the movie is them kind of trying to figure out you know how to do the business, dealing with you know this whole strange world of crime scene cleaning and you know, toxic stuff and stuff like that. And they're also having a hard time dealing with just being faced with uh, death a lot because their mom uh, passed away really early in their uh, their lives, so they're just trying to come to terms with, you know, having to confront that on an everyday basis. Um, the movie's really about both of them trying to find a place for them, like, in their life and kind of just getting settled. And they've kind of been lost this whole time and, you know, them just trying to find their way in the world. Uh, the acting is really good. Uh, Alan Arkin chips in. He plays uh, Rose's dad. Uh, and he's kind of a, kind of plays a kooky kind of guy who has some get-rich schemes um, that he's, you know, putting into place during the movie. That kind of, And that's kind of like a background story. Um, I think the script was a little lacking. It kind of needed a little bit more intimacy with the characters. I really felt... Like, I like these people, and I wanted to know them a little bit better than, you know, I got the chance to watch in the film. Um, there was one scene that actually didn't work, a l- and it kind of stuck out to me. It was uh, supposed to be, like, this nice heartwarming moment, but it kind of flops on his face. But other than that, I really thought it was a good movie. Uh, I, I recommend it. I just wish, I just felt like it had a chance to be really good, and it kind of fell short of that, so it was just kind of solid and stuff. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'd actually view it again. And uh, you guys could check it out and think it's pretty good. Very cool. Uh, did you end up? Did you end up seeing anything this week? I did, as a matter of fact. I, I saw a movie um, directed by Sean Penn. This is the first movie uh, directed by Sean Penn that I've ever liked. I think. Um, I'm pretty sure about that, actually. Uh, and because I also saw The Pledge, and that sucked. Uh, so um, yeah, I can't say I've seen that one. Yeah, it's it's with Jack Nicholson. Anyway, um, a movie directed by Sean Penn called Into the Wild. Uh, you may have heard of it. It was a uh, based on a book by John Krakauer, uh, who's a great writer. Uh, I'd highly recommend uh, any of his books, Under the Banner of Heaven or uh, Into Thin Air. Anyway, um, oh, that's the Everest one. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal, phenomenal okay. book. Um, and. Uh, so anyway, uh, this guy John Krakauer who writes these really great, like based on a true story type uh, type things. And this one, I haven't read the book, but um, it's based on uh, it's based on this guy Chris McCandless, uh, played by Emil Hirsch, who after college sort of just rejects his middle class uh, or upper middle class life and goes off uh, into the wild. Like he be- basically becomes a tramp and like intentionally uh, loses touch with his sister and his parents. Like leaves everything burn. Burns his social security card, um, you know, any identification, leaves his car in like like a flood zone, so that like he cannot be tracked, and sort of becomes like a, like basically like a, like an old school hobo, like on the you know like riding trains and uh, going from place to place, and um, the first like. The way that the movie is, and I'd assume the way the book is too, knowing how Krakauer writes, it's like you start out sort of towards the end, um, where he he's he finally gets out into the into the wild, is what he calls it, where he's in Alaska and he goes out on his own. He's going to spend like three months on it, like completely on his own in the wild, living off the land and all this. And this is like going to be like the climax of this two-year thing. And then it cuts back 
to uh, the beginning where this all starts, like his college graduation. So you're kind of getting these simultaneous stories of this three months that he's spending in in the wild in Alaska, or maybe he he may have actually been in the Yukon Territory in Canada. I wasn't quite clear. Um, And then. <clears throat> and then back to like his his build up to this and the build up story is really interesting it's got a lot of uh, a lot of really great characters um let's see uh you've got uh um First of all, I should say that William Hurt plays his dad, and Jenna Malone plays his sister. And this is uh, Jenna Malone was very good, and so was William Hurt. Catherine Keener, though, he meets he meets up with Catherine Keener and uh, and her like man, and they're like uh, like old hippies, and they're driving like a bus or like a uh, like an RV around and stuff, and they're they're really good. Um, Kristen Stewart meets up with her, works for Vince Vaughn in like a uh, like a cornfield or something like that in in Jeez, South Dakota. Lots of people in this. Yeah, lots of people in this. A lot of people want to be involved, I guess. And uh, Vince Vaughn's really excellent in this, I thought. Um, and so it's you know the first part's just about uh, and chronologically anyway, the first part's about sort of his journey through the United States and winds up like riding a kayak uh, down into Mexico and like getting back in the United States, but finally gets up into, uh, up into Alaska and goes off with like a gun and, uh, you know, a bag of rice and, and a bunch of camping gear and just stuff like that and goes off and tries to live off the land and um, eventually uh, winds up running out of food. So he goes out and tries to forage like edible plants and eat something he shouldn't have. And unfortunately, at, in real life, this guy passes away. He gets very, very sick and uh, and dies out there. And um, it's sort of a, it's, it's a really interesting story. I thought it was a little bit on the long side. It was about two and a half hours long. But um, really interesting story. And the one thing that I don't think, like, that... that you don't get beaten over the head with, but it's sort of, uh, it's sort of there is like, he, he's a very romanticized character, like in his own mind, he's, he's portrayed as very smart and, uh, and, uh, very outgoing and like, uh, an exceptional person. Clearly, th- this though was a person with, with some pretty major problems. Like he, you know, he really, uh. Yeah, I was curious about that. I mean, does it- did he go in because he was like anti? Very much anti-society. Very much anti-society. Or was it against his family? Um, and was that was anti-society? the way it was. Uh, it was kind of portrayed as his family had made him um, very uncomfortable with society as it stood, and um, so he he was very unhappy with the materialism of, of uh, society and just kind of the way that the way that people treat each other and um, and all that, and uh, but. You know, clearly, clearly a very desperate person, and uh, and like, well, it sort of comes out a little bit. I, I think they did almost the exact right amount of it. They don't beat you over the head with like this person's crazy. You really like this guy, but it, but when you really think about it, like clearly this guy's got some pretty major problems going on uh, in his head. So um, really, uh, I liked it. Uh, it. It would get my seal of approval. I, I was very impressed with the uh, the acting in it all the way around, and the, the the way the story was told, and some of the um, the landscapes in it were just absolutely brilliant. Just really, really. Uh, Glad I've got an HD TV for this movie. Uh, wish I could have seen it in the theater. Um, which I think brings us to our next point. I've I don't know about you, Jim, but I've been getting uh, some some emails about where Greg is. Uh, one of them, <laughs> he's actually in Alaska uh, in a bus. I got an email from a moose hunter that says <laughs> that he found him up there. I don't know if I believe that. 
I don't believe that we have a fan in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's, well, that's he's, great. He's using his iPhone. He's actually from Southeast Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I actually got a few here also. Uh, one of them, it's kind of in-depth here. It's, it's a letter. Dear Movie Hour, I saw a man that looked a lot like Greg helping a guy with a cast on his arm. They were moving a couch into the back of a van. I turned away, not thinking anything of it, but then the van peeled out and sped out in the darkness with no sign of Greg anywhere. I'm not sure if that means anything or not, but I thought you should know just in case. Love and kisses, Dr. H. Lecter. <laughs> so apparently Buffalo Bill has taken Greg yeah, to his secret he could, lair he to could skin be in somebody's, him. like a pit in someone's basement right now. Which, hmm. you know, wouldn't be surprising. He's a tall kid. He's got lots of skin, I guess. Yeah, he does have lots of skin, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, Greg's pretty docile. I mean, you throw him down there in a, uh, you throw him down there in a pit, uh, he's probably yeah. not even gonna try and get out. Yeah. <laughs> he can entertain himself for hours down there without complaining, so. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's something, I guess. Well, we'll, we'll to, we'll That's to, a possibility there. I, I'm not, I'm not going to phone the police just yet. Um, also, I got an email um, from Judd Nelson, uh, which is which is odd. He, I didn't even know he was a fan of the show, but apparently Greg was supposed to be in detention with uh, with he, Emilio Estevez, and Anthony Michael Hall, uh, but didn't show up there either, so we're not the only ones missing him. Uh, yeah, if he turned down Anthony Michael Hall, then, yeah, he could be in some serious trouble. <laughs> I mean, who the hell turns down Anthony Michael Hall? That's a very good point, let alone Spe- Emilio. Yeah, I mean, he's even hosting or sponsored one of our episodes before, so. True. Yeah, th- th- this could be bad. Um, another email here, Dear Movie Hour, uh, Greg agreed to sub in for one of my rugby team, or sorry, sub in for me on my rugby team this past weekend. We had an away game down in Uruguay, so he and my team went down on my private jet. There is a report of a plane going down to the Andes Mountains somewhere. I assume they made it back okay, but the jet is still missing from my garage, so it might be worth investigating. Your friend, Ethan Hawk. <laughs> is this going to be another one of those situations where Greg having a lot of skin is not going to help him? <laughs> that probably is true. Although if he does turn to cannibalism like you know we all know is possible, I'm not sure I want him back on the show after that. Yeah, yeah, no. I um, we have we have very few policies in the movie hour, but the uh, the no cannibalism was right near the top. <laughs> For sure, that's fine print somewhere. <laughs> so, and if it's not in there, we'll add it before he gets back, and he won't know the difference. So, he's never read our charter. Um, yeah. <laughs> see, now that's funny because I, I like you know how he, he had that uh, Trans Pacific Ocean flight that he was on. And we haven't heard from him since then. Uh, you know, you know that crash. I, I assume uh, that maybe he's just hanging out with a volleyball somewhere. That could be too. Yeah, but I mean, if, if that's the case, then and he gets back soon, we should tease him anyway and just say that his cat found someone else to live with. He finally gave up on him. Went on. <laughs> Carter's gone on with someone else. Your cat Carter. Life. Well, you know, she had to, she had to assume you were dead. You were gone yeah. for three days. I know. <laughs> the government. Okay, I'm dropping that. That's great. Uh, I have another one here. Uh, it says, uh, "Dear Movie Hour, a disfigured man offered me a million dollars today to open a box and press a button. You do the math. Sincerely, <laughs> some rich guy who Greg doesn't know." Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, all I can say that one is good for the rich guy. Yeah, no, honestly, I I I take a million bucks to off Greg any day. Yeah. Don't don't tell him I said that, but you know it's the truth. Um, yeah. 
That's uh, see. It's funny we're getting all these conflicting reports. I have to assume that people are just messing with us here. Yeah. But um, I got I got an email and it was uh, it was it was uh from an anonymous, but he did sign it. Um. Well, so it wasn't from an honest, but it was like a no return address on it. So um, it says that we invited him into a cornfield uh, to write about what happens after you die, signed Shoeless Joe Jackson. So I don't know. We might see him again sometime, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. Dude, that's bullshit. I, I, if I were you, I'd be pissed. You're the true baseball fan. I don't know why you wouldn't get invited out there. This is exactly how I feel. Plus, I'm the one that made that cornfield into a baseball. Yeah. yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah, I, I think you got the short end of the stick on that one. Speaking of true baseball fan, I just want to mention that my Philadelphia Phillies still in the World Series. Uh, I got to win two games in New York. It's not undoable. Go Phillies! Okay. God bless. <laughs> um, I've got another one here. Um, this one's from Simone and from Shermer, Illinois. Your movie hour. Uh, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid who's going with the girl who saw Greg pass out of 31 Flavors last night. So I guess that's pretty serious. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Thank you, Simone. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, you think, oh, never mind. I'm not even going to try and top that. I was going to try and make, like, a trouser snake joke, but forget it. That's it. So... Um, that's that's odd that, that that we that we would make a Ferris Bueller reference because actually I just just got uh, a text message from Zombie John Hughes who will not leave me alone. I'm serious. Like I should have never given that guy my phone number. Uh, according to Zombie John Hughes, Greg is just fine. Uh, he's not not too tough, nice and nice and tender. So I'm not worried about him. If, John, if Zombie John Hughes thinks he's okay, he's okay. Yeah, that's two different, uh, actually our third different John Hughes reference, so there may be some truth to some of that one. So I'm thinking the the zombie John Hughes one might be the most likely. He seems to be the common factor in all this. He's stuck somewhere in (laughs) Shermer High School being being chased down by zombie John Hughes and uh, also Judd Nelson because his career is just in the toilet and Judd Nelson will just not let it go. He's got nothing better to do. Right, he's just bored. Um, I've got another one. This one's kind of weird, though. Fear movie hour, I saw him jump on a fishing boat called the Andrea Gale. They were heading for the Flemish Cap. Went there once in 62. Lots of fish. Lots of weather. Hopefully he's okay. Arg, an old sea dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who signs their letters with Arg? It's not like he's a pirate. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I understand that at all is because I watch the Weather Channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, one of our, uh, our news bits. From a previous episode, Weather Channel's got movies now. God bless. <laughs> that's that's absolutely awesome. I actually um somebody slipped something under my door here. I don't know why they slipped it under my door, but uh, it, it's it's addressed to your mom, uh, really? dear Mrs. Maloney. We understand that there are eight kids in the Maloney family. We don't see why you need that many, so we took Greg. We promise he will have a good home and that we will treat him like our own. Yours, Angelina Jolie. So that's okay, I guess. I mean, uh, I guess that's good, but I mean, you can't just take people without retribution. Well, not in, not on this continent, you can't. Yeah, that's just, I, I've I've got a bounty hunter in mind. I'm I'm gonna track him down if that's the case, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't stand for that. Just because you but, want a kid doesn't mean you can just take yeah. him. Although I think the last time I did see him, he was wearing pajamas with Yodas and shit on him. So. <laughs> It, that could be a true one. 
Um, I have one more here. Yeah? Um, this one's kind of detailed. Dear Movie Hour, it's very possible that Greg got into a car accident on his way to the studio today. A good Samaritan probably pulled him from the wreckage to nurse him back to health when she discovered the latest Movie Hour GungaCast manuscript. She probably found out that Greg was writing that jackass brother of his off the show entirely. <laughs> Being an elderly woman, she's probably a crazed fan of Jim's and won't release Greg until he makes Jim the star of the show. Signed, Carl the Intern. See, Carl never liked me. He's always liked Greg better. This is, this is all just hearsay. He's just making shit up. <laughs> oh, boy. So she's got, So we're assuming right now that she's got Greg tied up someplace. Yes, making me the star of the show. That's well, you you've carried this one. Let me tell you. So. I, I must admit, uh, I I am popular with the old crazy lady. So, I, I guess from that point of view, it's it's possible. But I don't know if I trust Carl. That's what's well, the dynamic we've always had. I mean, you're popular with the old crazy ladies. Greg's uh, Greg's popular with the um, prepubescent the interns, males. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and. Um, and uh, I, you know, the, the the ladies just love me, the young, the young beautiful ones. So uh, that's that's we the dynamic we them. have, and uh, I don't think we should fight it. <laughs> so yeah, that was my last one. I don't know if you have any more of those, but no, no, that's that was the last letter I got was from uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so. I'm thinking uh, the John Hughes one is probably the most likely. So hof- hopefully that's not true, but if it is, <laughs> then. Uh, yeah, we might be having open tryouts or something. We'll, we'll keep people posted. <laughs> yeah, seriously, anybody who wants to uh, to guest star, please let us know because I I don't most of these don't involve Greg coming back ever. <laughs> yeah. so, and even if he does, if he's a cannibal or if we suspect him of being a cannibal, he's not back on the show. Yeah, that, I can't deal with that. So, so I guess that moves us along to our next uh, awesome feature here, the Parker Posey's Play Along. This is a feature that we do every week, even when Greg's not here. We uh, One of us asks, poses a question um, to the other two and to the general public about uh, a mo- movies in general or just anything you want. And uh, Jim P., our guest star last week, had the, the Parker Posey's Play Along, and we got some really good answers. Uh, Jim P.'s question, of course, was, imagine that you were a character in a horror or science fiction film that has to die. Which villainous character or movie creature would take your life? And for bonus points, in what fashion? Jim, do you like any of these? Um, yeah, I did actually. My 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 second answer species is really good. I must admit. Yeah, but, that was I, like I said. That was literally the first thing that popped in my mind, but I didn't want to start on it. But I, I think we need to give special attention to Dean's. And <laughs> I know I know we don't usually do this, but I kind of want to read his word for word if we can digress from you know the normal a little bit here. Yeah, uh, no, go right on ahead. Because I've never seen this movie he's talking about. It's called Dolls. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> I've never seen it. And he says that he'd like to die from one of the toy soldiers. And although I haven't seen it, just the way he writes this little passage just is awesome. And it is really good. I read that and I was laughing. I'm glad you're going to read it. And, and, and I would like to read it for everyone to enjoy in case they haven't had it, made it to uh, gungapit.com to read it for themselves. So here's how it starts out. I find 50 of them in the storeroom, and we instantly love each other. We're great friends, all is well, and we communicate through hand signals and body language. But as soon as I start undressing their friend Barbie and pulling her head off her body as a joke, they flip out and form a war parade. Half of them beat drums and play trumpets, and the other half fall into a firing squad formation. I sit there and laugh at them. After all, they're just dolls. 
But when their squad leader raises his sword and gives the order, they fire off their minuscule muskets with nanobullets, which somehow not only penetrate my skin, but blast entirely through my body, making larger-than-buckshot-sized holes in my chest and back. In slow motion, I fall down, gasping for my final breath. Their leader walks up to my face, a smile on his own, and blasts a final shot down my throat, sending the back of my skull screeching through the air and shattering as it hits the wall. Now that's great prose right there, that's, and I, I, I'm envisioning it, especially the part where he's pulling the head off the dolls, yeah. the Barbie dolls, it's just hilarious. So uh, kudos to Dean for that passage, and great answer, really well Dean. done. Great answer, Dean. I, I, still, I have to give mine to, uh, to Jim P. for his, uh, his answer of, of Jason Voorhees from the Friday the 13th movies, uh, getting in a sword fight with him, cutting off Jason Voorhees' arm, and having him pick up his own arm and use it as an extra, like, extra link for the, I really like that. It made yeah, me laugh very loud. Very good. Um, so yeah, those those are my two favorites as well. Uh, yeah, I, uh, there there are a lot of other good answers, and we'd like to thank everyone, I'm sure, for for uh, putting forth their answers. So uh, I guess on to uh, this week's, which I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of this week. I'm gonna ask the question. Um, the question I'm gonna ask is if, and you can use any actor or actress, any actor or actress was not an actor or actress, what would they be? Um, so pick, uh, you know, whoever you want and just say, look at that person, look at the way they are, what would they be? Uh, and I, I, there were a million things that went through my head, but the one that I just absolutely landed on was William H. Macy, professional curler. (laughs) And what's your thinking behind that? He looks like a professional curler. (laughs) He's, okay, he just looks like such a like, like I don't know a Canadian. Yeah, just, he looks Canadian and relatively diminutive and just beaten down by life, and that's how I imagine a professional curler. Very interesting. Well, since I don't have Greg to answer before me in the you know stall, a ask bit, a I'll bunch play, of dumbass questions. Greg and ask a question. Um, so this is something I should just by looking at the person I'm envisioning them doing. Like right. in a, you know, okay. right. Yep. Okay. Um, whew, this is a tough one. Um, jeez, I'm really tempted to say Dwayne Johnson and you know wrestling. Or anything, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, he's a big guy. You know, I could see yeah. him wrestling or you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and bodybuilder or something. But uh, I've got my person picked out, but I don't know what. The see, heck when I look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, like in the old movies, like. Um, Terminator or Commando or Jingle All the Way. I think Governor, but I, you, you you think Bodybuilder. I think Governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's that's why we let everyone answer because they all have different perspectives. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna go with Steve Buscemi, and he's gonna be some kind of just desk clerk of some sort that's just always pissed off and miserable. <laughs> That I don't know what that, right. I'm, I'm thinking like a government job, maybe the DMV or something, just berating people as they come up to the desk and, you know, tell them to fill out another form or something. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm going with. Super <laughs> passive aggressive about everything. That, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. I like that answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everybody's enjoyed uh, our – oh, and please feel free to uh, – to answer our Parker Posey's play-along question on gungapit.com or Facebook, where it will be posted. Um, 
Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed Dolph Lundgren's Macho Movie Hour. Uh, see you next time. Yeah, thanks everybody, and we'll let you know if there's open tryouts. Yeah, drive safe. This makes me the, the Gunga Pit record holder for most appearances. Oh, that's a good point. Hour. That's a good point, because both Greg and I have missed one. <laughs> yep. And I don't know how we work that without somebody else joining up. Like, oh no, it's me, Greg. Like, you're not Greg. <laughs> I want my host back. <laughs> Give me back my host. Yeah, exactly. That was that was kind of where I started. Give me back my host. I think I've got a comment for just about everything, and at the bottom of the second here, I'll have a comment.